of Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast for Hell in a Cell 2017. If you haven't heard one of these shows yet, this is essentially how Rick and I would book the already existing card for Sunday's big pay-per-view extravaganza. This is not a prediction show, but rather how our creative minds would pitch Vince the show. But before we dive in, it's my obligation to tell you that this is a podcast by the fans for the fans, bringing you all the news that is news from across the professional wrestling world, talking creative, the business aspects of professional wrestling, and of course, giving our unsolicited opinions. You can contact the show on Twitter at HTMPWPod, on Facebook at Hitting the Marks. Drop us an email at hittingthemarks at gmail.com. My name is Jargo. I'll be your host for the day. Joined alongside my Huckleberry, RBV. Rick, welcome to your show. It's me. It's me. It's RBV, Rick Vickery. I'll tell you what, as we were talking on the show last week, Hell in a Cell, what a tremendous show on paper. I can't wait to dive into it here. But before we do, we got a a little ribbon to do here. 2-0. Man, my Rosie Yankees that, put up a fight last night, only to Rosie come up know. short in the Rosie 13th. Yargo, huge Yankee fan. I am sitting right now on the shores of Lake Erie in beautiful northern Ohio. And me and all my neighbors here, we are celebrating because the Indians are looking damn good. We're getting ready to uh, – we're, we're heading up there tomorrow for that sweep. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Talking mad shit. We'll see you in the boogie down. We'll see how it goes down in the boogie down. Come on, Bronx. Right. Don't let me down. All right, man. Oh, you know, just one quick on the on the game there. Yeah, did you see that uh that, that snapped ankle at second base early in the game there? No, I didn't. And here's what happened. I was flipping through channels last night, and there was nothing on my television. So I ended up watching the Cubs and Nationals game until a buddy of mine shoots me a text talking about Chapman. And I was like, what the hell are you talking about? The Yankees don't play until tomorrow. Why in the hell did they play two games back-to-back? Triple day. They're off today. You had your schedule. This is bullshit. As Bobby Heenan would say, this is not fair to Flair. We've played three games in four days. Y'all ain't done shit in a week. We'll see you in the boogie down. We'll see how it goes down in the boogie down. We earned that break by being the number one team in the AL. This is not fair to Flair. So for those of you who don't know, this is the the second edition of the shows like this that we've done. You can look back in the archives to hear our Around the Pool of uh, No Mercy. Uh, basically, we've all heard the stories of Vince and the creative team sitting around the pool. Well, this is how it would go down if Vince put us on a plane, flew us to Stanford, threw us around the pool, and we were making our pitch for the show. And just so everyone knows, it is a, uh, we could be by the pool today. It is a slightly overcast, but a very, very warm 76 degrees in Stanford, Connecticut today. 76 degrees in Stanford, Connecticut, and it's like 
50. Oh, no, I guess it is 68 degrees. I don't think that's right. It's colder than that outside here. Uh, we've, we've got, we're at 72, but I'm literally, I'm looking outside my window, and I, I see Lake Erie. I'm, I'm staring at Canada. So we got that lake effect, that wind comes off this thing. So it's it's never too hot here. Even when it's in the 90s, it doesn't feel like it's any more than, you know, upper 70s. I don't think it's important. I think Vince probably has a indoor pool at this point so if he wants to throw linda in the pool in the middle of february he can do that all right man let's jump into this card here we've uh let's we'll go to hell with- man it's it's time to get on the road to wrestlemania i've been saying for weeks this is the launch of the blue brands build to wrestlemania rick let's go to hell man start- wrestlemania season starting in october it's like christmas right it just comes earlier and earlier every year earlier and earlier you know, it's pretty soon it's going to be like the NFL, where it's just a year-round build to WrestleMania. I, that's the exciting. That's the exciting part. That's what you want. You want to keep people on the edge of the seat. You want to keep them interested. So on the pre-show, we've got the hype bros taking on Shelton Benjamin and Chad Gable. Rick, how do you see this a, match going down? Uh, this match, this match here, and, I, and then I also have some other points that I, we both, you know, we both expressed that we, we're really fell short on the build to this event you know they've kind of put all their eggs in that one basket but Shane and KO and a lot of the undercard it's everything's just really fell short to me so I want to to use this pre-show to have that last final drive home on some things here but as for the pre-show match I have Benjamin and Gable going over in this thing I'm gonna have the match go right around that seven minute mark following the match though those ever-mounting frustrations of the of the hype brothers that we've seen, you know, they're just sick of losing. It's just finally going to come to a, a, a full eruption mode for them. After after the match, they're going to go on the attack. We're going to get a good old-fashioned ringside beatdown. You know, they're, they're chucking them into the walls. They're using the the ring steps, and we, we've got a a completely transformed, just new badass attitude hype brothers walking out walking out of the arena as they've left. The guys that just went over on them, they won the match, but they've lost the war as they leave Benjamin and Gable laying helpless. I like it. I could get behind it. I actually have a, a couple of debuts in this match that I'm going to throw on the pre-show. I uh, as well have Shelton Benjamin and Chad Gable winning this match by disqualification when Robbie E., and the Disco Inferno interfere in the match. You like that, Robbie E, Disco Inferno? I, I am definitely down with Robbie E coming to the WWE. I don't know so much about Disco. You're, I know you're a little you're a little higher on it than I am. But you know what? I, I If he goes to WWE, that'd be great because I think my enjoyment of keeping it, keeping it 100 would go through the roof because that means he'd be off the show. I'm bringing Disco in as a manager for your new tag team. Your new tag team is going to be Robbie E. and Zack Ryder. And they're going to be called Disco Fries. For those Disco of you, Fries. Disco Fries. For those of you who don't know, Disco Fries is a New Jersey rite of passage. Eating Disco Fries at a diner at 2 a.m., what are disco fries? Well, you see, they're a combination of brown gravy, mozzarella cheese, and a hot, crispy steak fries. Both of them being from Jersey, 
Disco Inferno's your manager. We're going to call the tag team Disco Fries. Future world tag team champions. I like it. I guess I could get behind a Disco Fries and Fashion Police feud there. I could see something along those lines going down. Now, you made the comment on the show this week that you think the Fashion Files are going to be on the pre-show. Do you have the Fashion Files on the pre-show this week? I have that as my top, my top note here for the pre-show of my little side things I want to build. I'm going to use the pre-show for a walk down memory lane with the Fashion Files. You know, and it would be a, some great entertainment for the pre-show. And it would remind everyone what has led us up to this point. Because we've had all those, you know, stop and goes with them. You know, they'll be on for, here for a little bit and they're, and they're getting you behind them. But then they disappear for a week or so. So I want to remind everyone just what they were about. And then it's going to be announced that we're not just going to get one segment on the regular show of the, of the Fashion Files. We're going to get a growing story from them. They're going to be making a few appearances. And they're going to be live in the heart of Detroit. They're going to be all over the city. It's going to be a fun little ride throughout the show, a little side story. I can just imagine the fashion police in Detroit. Juggalos, I'm looking at you. I can see them writing a lot of fashion tickets in Detroit. Oh, you're going to have some classic entertainment going on, and I want to use it throughout the entire show. There'll be those nice little breaks from all this exciting in-ring action that I'm sure that that, that we would put together on our card. Well, you're going to have to have something because otherwise all you're going to see is them raising the cage and lowering the cage and raising the cage and lowering the cage and raising the cage and lowering the cage. A few other big points I had on my pre-show. Ty Dillinger is going to make a request to be added to that U.S. title match. Of, of course, Corbin is going to take huge issue with this, want no part of it. Styles being the fighting champ that he is, it's going to be in favor of. He wants to test himself. Brian's going to agree, and he's going to make it a triple threat. We're going to up the ante there. Shadowing going on here, eh? We're going to up the ante here. You're making the pre-show must-watch, Rick. Also on this pre-show, I, I want to do a, a a Ginger Mahal in-ring segment where, and I want to build some some great heat on him here. He is going to completely diss the city of Detroit. Everyone out there listening, you know that's not a hard a hard task to, to accomplish. Doesn't that turn him babyface to the rest of the country? Because we all know Detroit's kind of a shuffle. The, the twist on that is, in his insults, he is going to put a twist on it there that Detroit is the shining beacon, that, the example of everything that America is. So while he's hitting the the live crowd with insults. The rest of us are like, wait a minute, this fucker thinks we're all like Detroit? I'm over here chuckling to myself. This is this is pretty good. I like it. And then he's going to shift like in, and then we're just going to come out and uh, address it. He's going to directly mention the tour of India that's coming up, and he's going to brag about the extravagant plans that are already in the making for this, for to honor his grand arrival as the WWE champion. It's going to be at that point that I have Nakamura alone on screen in a very serious setting. I want some good lighting, something that really complements his look. He's going to pretty much tell us that, that the time for jokes are over. He is no artist. He is no rock star. He is the king of strong style. 
tonight he is going to seriously hurt gender, and he wants it to happen first. I got nothing to add. I think that's fantastic. I'll go with my, that. My, my, my last pre-show note here. I've got a lot going on in this pre-show. Right when they're getting ready, they're doing the pitch go over right now to sign up for WWE Network. We're going to get that one last teaser on this pre-show. Right as they're all ready to fade over to the actual pay-per-view, a limousine arrives. But you're going to have to get the network to find out who's in that thing. That's my pre-show. I'm excited. I'm excited. I like the cliffhanger. Give people a must reason, a must watch reason to tune in to Hell in a Cell. I like it. I like it. Hell in a Cell opens without any pyro, of course, but you get these awesome lights up on the Hell in a Cell. I love how they do that. I think that's such a cool visual. Rick, let's oh, run yeah. down. I, I, I had, I had it took me a moment to like realize what you were talking about, and then the vision came to me. Oh, I love that visual of the way that they have the lights going it off is of the Hell cool. in a Cell. I absolutely kinda, love that. I would open with that shot. Yes, sir. I, I agree 100% there. Uh, let's run down the card. We have a little bit of discrepancy, once again, in how uh, we would lay out the cards for this show. Rick, why don't you go ahead and run down your card? I'll run down my card, and okay. then we'll go through the matches individually. So this is this is pretty much just our match layout. We're not giving away anything here right now, correct? Correct. This is just the how just we the line matches up. themselves, how we format the show. Okay. Uh, as on the pre-show that that we heard, Nakamura he wanted to he wanted to go first. He wants to get this thing out of the way. He wants he wants his hands on gender. So I've got the WWE Championship kicking off kicking off the show. Uh, big entrance from Nakamura to open it up to really get that crowd popping. Match two, I'm going with Rusev versus Orton. In my third match, I've got Bobby Roode versus Dolph Ziggler. Then in four, we're going to get our first taste of the cell. I've got the SmackDown Tag Team Championship cell match. My fifth spot, I've got the women's the women's title match with uh, Natalya versus Masha Shar. In the match just before the main event, in the sixth spot, I have the United States triple threat now between AJ Styles, Baron Corbin, Ty Dillinger. And, of course, we are closing out the evening with the, the big story, the one that's seen the most build, and that is Shane McMahon versus Kevin Owens inside Hell in a Cell. We agree on the start of the show. I also have Shinsuke Nakamura taking on Jinder Mahal for the WWE Championship as your first match on the card. Then we also agree I go to Rusev and Orton second. Then we start getting a little bit different. I go to the women's championship between your Sharshar and Natty. Then I go to Rude Ziggler, Styles versus Corbin. And then I put the two cell matches back to back so we ain't got to raise and lower the damn thing, taking up all the time in the world. So I have Usos versus New Day and then Kevin Owens versus Shane McMahon. Since we both agree on the opening match, let's go to Nakamura versus Jinder Mahal first. I agree. I would have Shinsuke come out first. Uh, I have bitched on this show and in many a chat rooms. I hate it when the champion comes out first. I think Nakamura comes out first. Like you said, we started off with a huge pop. How do you kind of see this thing working out? You know, as, as I set up kind of in the pre-show there, I want a very intense, I want a determined Nakamura. So what we're going to do here, we're going to get the big match intros. Jinder's going to take his eye off of his opponent for a moment. Bell rings. Boom. 
I've got this match going seven seconds. Nakamura's going to shoot across that ring, kick the champ's head off. One, two, three, new champion. Place erupts. And you might thought there is, as well, you save a little face with, with gender. He can use it as an excuse that he was blindsided, he wasn't ready, and try to get some heat. You know, blame Nakamura as a cheap shot artist than anything else. But I want the title switch, and I want it to come in shocking fashion. So I'm, I'm getting this thing over with him as, as fast as we possibly can. Funny enough, mine is not too different than yours. Uh, I have this entire segment going seven and a half minutes, uh, and I have it getting no stars. I open the show with Lee England Jr., Shinsuke Nakamura's violinist, opening with his theme. Nakamura comes out, starts doing his entrance. Jinder Mahal and the Singh brothers jump Nakamura and Lee England Jr. and break his violin. Imagine the heat that Jinder are, Mahal are we going, would get if he broke that violin. Are we going like a uh, honky-tonk man shot? No, just, just throw just it down nasty. and break it. Because, I mean, it's Stop a violin, it. man. You try to break that over somebody's head and it's going to get ugly. Well, you gimmick it out. Come on here. Oh, even still, a violin is just so small that there would be zero room for error. And I don't know if I trust anybody doing that shot, except maybe Honky Tonk Man, because he was the master. So then I have a beat down that goes all the way to the ring, three on one, the Singh Brothers and Jinder Mahal. They throw Shinsuke in the ring and continue to just pummel the man. Singh Brothers jump out of the ring, Jinder poses to the crowd while the official is asking Shinsuke, do you want to go on? Do you want to go on? Shinsuke nods his head yes. Ref rings the bell. Jinder turns around. Kinshasa, you have a new world champion. We have the match going very, very similarly. That was not planned at all, ladies and gentlemen. I, I, will, I will go with you. That's why we work together as a team here poolside. We're going with your open. And we both pretty much have the same, the same thought process through the actual match itself, and we're walking out with a new WWE champion. Hell in a Cell is off and running, and it's running hot. So let's okay, move on to uh, Rusev and Randy Orton, since we, we both, both had that we... match next. I've got this match going 12 minutes, three and a quarter stars. I think this is going to be a good match. Happy Rusev Day to you. Rick? How do you see this match going down? I've almost given it the same amount of time that, that you have. I've got it at 10 minutes right around in there. So, you know, we got two-minute difference there, so it can go either way. I've really enjoyed this program. It hasn't been overbearing. It's been a nice little treat in that mid in that mid card for us. You mentioned something on last week's show, and I absolutely love the idea. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna straight out just jack your idea. I want to see a double turn here. As, as we talked about, people want to cheer Rusev right now. His personality is getting out there. He's a likable guy. And on the flip side, while Randy Orton is a very popular superstar, man, he's just a natural dick, and that's when he's at his best. And he's one of those few talents that even though you respect and he has those fans, he's so good at what he does. He can get anyone to dislike him. Being a double turn, I assume 
that you have Orton going over in this match then? I actually am. I was going to go to a no contest here. Okay, I, I don't fair think, enough. I don't think, I don't think Rusev really has to eat another loss here. But I, I, and the reason I really don't want to put either one over is if we're, if we're flipping them, then we're kind of going back to ground zero here, which means that this program has, has legs going forward. So I want to give them a fresh start here. I like it. I think this is uh, very much the beginning of this program, especially if you do a double turn. This program has to continue for at least another show or two. And, you, you know, we're going to need some things to play out because we've got – this is the last pay-per-view for, for these guys until Survivor Series, correct? Correct. Except for we do have that big Starcade house show, which will probably be, you know, treated – with a, a little bit more fanfare I think, I think than, than a regular Starcade a big show. I actually just read that they were entertaining the idea of bringing Rick in for Starcade. Yeah, they're 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 seeing it. You know, if he, I think he's already got some appearances coming up. They just, you know, they're going to wait and see where his health is at and how he's holding up at that time. But there has been talk about having him at that event. I'm just happy to see that Rick is well enough to be doing any sort of live events at this point. Props to you, Nature Boy. All right, so you, how do you, how do you have this thing going? I, you stole my idea, man. I, 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 <laughs> I know. Hey. We've, we've basically got everything exactly the same, except I have Orton going over in this match after he punts Rusev in the head. To me, that's the, the, the big moment that turns Randy and puts all the sympathy on Rusev. I have Orton going over. You have it going to no contest. Basically the same match. Now, here's a, this just occurred to me. I didn't think about it while I was kind of planning this out. Do you turn English with him? Because they've been kind of entertaining together. I don't care what they do with Aiden English. I really I've been don't. Kind of, I've been kind of digging that little act they've got going on there. To me, Aiden English is only still employed by the WWE because he's married to Eddie Guerrero's daughter. I, I, think, I think that's the only I, connection there. I think he's serviceable in where he's at. You know, it's he's a jobber, job. and he's yeah, he's fine as a jobber. Fine. I mean, yeah, they're, they're, that's, that's where he the Brooklyn be. Brawler made a freaking career off being a jobber. You know, James Powers would tell you. I think the Brooklyn Brawler was probably Powers' favorite wrestler. You know, I was trying to get through in a, a day without thinking about Powers, but you just go ahead. We go ahead and just shit the bed on that one. You're welcome. Let's go to Rude Ziggler. That's the next match that you had, right? That is correct. I got that as my third in my three spot. Let's and go you have it, Ziggler. You have it down the card a little bit, correct? Um, yeah, I have this as well. Let's see. I guess it would be the fourth match on the show. Uh, but this is this is the match I'm the most excited about. I think this is going to be a fantastic match in the ring. But more importantly, I am excited for Dolph Ziggler's entrance. Do you think Ziggler really has something special planned, or do you think he's going to walk out with no music whatsoever? I went back and forth on that. I think it would be great if he just did the old, the old school classic, no music, just coming out. I think he could. I think it'd be a good work on on his part. You you pop that glorious music. You have that hit because you know that place is going to come off. You know. To their feet, they're going to go crazy. 
And then, oh, oh, lo and behold, it's just Dolph Ziggler. He comes with a ring. He mimics all the glorious motions and, and whatnot. But then on the flip, we get the real glorious intro, and I'm talking about the over-the-top dramatic version. The choir is there. You have the mechanical lift that brings Rude down into the arena. Take over Toronto. Correct. I like it. I like it. I'm, I'm doing a standard entrance for Bobby Rude just to get him more acquainted with the crowd. I mean, that crowd's going to be with Rude regardless. I'm giving Dolph Ziggler, as promised, the biggest entrance of his career. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Motley Crue. Nikki Six and Tommy Lee are introduced to the crowd, and much like Alistair Black's entrance, Mick Mars is raised from the floor and propped up with his guitar. Rick, I don't know if you're a big Motley Crue fan. I'm a huge Motley Crue fan. This is kind of a funny story. I used to work at a guitar center, and we would always send out emails throughout the company whenever a big celebrity would come into the store. Mm-hmm. Mick Mars comes in one day to the Hollywood Guitar Center, and he wants to play a Les Paul because he can't play a Les Paul live. You know why Mick Mars can't play a Les Paul live? Because it's too heavy of a guitar. Really? He is so old and so frail that he can't play a Les Paul on stage anymore. So we're going to Alistair Black style raise him up so he can play a Les Paul and he can just lean back on the platform. I was going to say, I have to admit my ignorance on this. I ha- I'm sitting here. I had to Google Mick Mars, and you are not shitting this guy. How old is this gentleman? I don't know how old he is, but he looks like he's at least 182. Okay. He he looks right around that century mark. Cryptkeeper esque Yes. He is only 66 years old. <laughs> Live fast, die young, leave a good-looking corpse, Mick Mars. Wow. Uh, You know what, though? I'm sure he's enjoyed every bit of the ride. Vince Neil, the lead singer of Motley Crue, in case you didn't know, is now fat. So Vince Neil. I still remember him. Didn't he have one of those, uh, like, Find Me Love on VH1 or something like Rock of Love? Oh, yeah, Behind the Music. Is that him? Yeah, I think so. I think so. So Vince Neil is introduced to the crowd. He comes out with his back turned to the crowd. And it's skinny Vince Neil. We realize that it's really Dolph Ziggler. Motley Crue plays Dolph Ziggler to the ring. The biggest entrance of Dolph Ziggler's career. I have this match going eight minutes, getting three stars, ending with Bobby Roode's glorious DDT. And then Bobby Roode shoving Dolph Ziggler into a road case, loading him onto a tour bus, and Dolph Ziggler becoming the new lead singer of Motley Crue, never to be seen on WWE TV again. Thank you for your service, Dolph Ziggler. Harsh, man. Writing Ziggler off. It even, and you're writing him off even when you just created a new gimmick match? He's gone. We have Bobby Roode now. 
we don't need Dolph Ziggler. Okay, he has in played a month, away. In a month, can we get the debut of Nick Namath? He has played away to Motley Crue's song, Don't Go Away Mad, Just Go Away. I, I do not have the spectacular finish that, that you have, but I have this match going 12 minutes, and I'm very excited for what they can do in the ring. So I'm just going to let them go out there, do their thing. I want a classic, but I have Rude going over. This will be one of those where we're going to have the listeners have to let the listen the listeners let us know which way that they would want to go with this thing do you want which- Dolph Ziggler still around or do you want Dolph Ziggler as the new lead singer of Motley Crue let us know let's go to the women's championship match I'm gonna let you start this one all right here we go this is the spot where I also have another double turn to correct the injustice that is Charlotte as a babyface, we have to double turn here. Charlotte should be the heel to AJ's babyface. I've been thinking about this for days, and I have no idea how in the world this match goes down. But what I do know is we need Charlotte to be a heel. And if that takes Natty being a babyface, then so be it. Maybe Charlotte just pummels Natalia to the point that the referee throws this match out. I don't know how it goes down. Regardless, I have Natty retaining the title here, winning this match by disqualification. This title is not changing hands until Starcade inside of a cage. That's how I see this match going down. Nine minutes, three stars. Rick, what do you got? I'm going to give the ladies 15 minutes. Go out there, see what they can do. Put on a, put on a little show for the fans. Charlotte's going to come out first just to keep you happy because we all know how you, you oh so hate. I hate it when champions, champions enter first. In a large part, I have her coming out first because she's going to grab the microphone and confess her true love and devotion towards one RBV and dedicate the match to me and then she but loses all, but it but in all seriousness <laughs> in all seriousness we, but we both agreed as much as it as it pains me that to have to see my char char go down we, we both agree that the right time for this title swap is going to be at that starcade event they're going to need something to to really make that event pop i'm going to have natty going over here i'm not i'm not doing a double turn i think one one on the show is enough don't want to overbook things. But I am I am really stuck on how to finish this match. I don't I was thinking, you know, just go out the easy way, let Natty get disqualified. Maybe she takes a, an intentional count out. And I also thought about we, we saw Charlotte actually submit to, to Natty on last week's SmackDown. So I think I'm gonna go with here. The good old Pass out route. Oh, you're going with the uh, Brett Austin match. Yes. Natty's going to have that thing locked in. Possibly a, a few times that Charlotte gets to the ropes. Natty refuses to break it, but is but manages to to pull Charlotte away from it before that five count. Charlotte gets back over to the ropes. Maybe you do this three, four times with the same outcome. Natty lets that count get up to that four. 
And then she yanks, is able to yank hard enough to pull Charlotte back to the middle of the ring. The fighting spirit in Charlotte just will not let her do it twice. And she just loses consciousness. And the match is stopped there. Maybe a double turn isn't necessarily what I really, really want here. What I really, really want here is Charlotte to just turn heel. I don't really care what they do with Natalia right now. I just feel like I, Charlotte is miscast as a babyface. She's so much better as a heel. I think everyone out there would agree with that. I mean, she, it's just her natural, you know, her mannerisms, the way the way she handles herself, her sense of her and, delivery, her presence, yes. her entrance. Everything says I'm a bitch. Just let her be a bitch. It, it's you're kind of going back where we did have that double turn. You know, like Orton, he's not that great when when he's got to be the baby. Yeah, I he's mean, a natural. He's a natural asshole. For me, the biggest problem with SmackDown right now is people are just miscast. AJ is cast as a mid card champion. He's better than that. He should be your feature babyface. Gender is featured as your main heel, and he's not that good. He should be a mid card heel. Orton is cast as a babyface. He should be a heel. Rusev is cast as a heel. He should be a face. Charlotte is cast as a heel, should be a face. This is what's wrong with SmackDown at its core. The whole show is just miscast. Even even in this match, you know, you're talking, you propose a double turn here. Because even Natty herself, Natty is not someone that you really dislike. Natty is a crazy cat lady. She's a cat lady, but... In, you know, it, she's, yeah. there's nothing vicious about her. She's just a crazy cat lady. She's Sami Zayn. She's just annoying. She's there. She's. She, I was just going to say, she's kind of like... That annoying, that annoying aunt that everyone has. Along right, those lines. she's just always there. No matter what you do. You yeah. go to a family event and you're like, oh, I'm going to have to see Aunt Natty. Uh, yep. How does Uncle Tyson put up with her? It's one of those, you, you have to make your rounds, but that's one of those conversations you are in and out in a blink of an eye and you try to avoid, at all costs, avoid her ass the rest of the evening. And it's nothing against Natalia as a talent because I think Natalia is really good in the ring. Charlotte has credited Natalia many a times for being where she is. That feud that they had done in NXT was fantastic. I think, and I don't want to completely knock her here, but sometimes Natty gets a little too robotic for me in the ring. She's a you know, good spot, wrestler. She's a poor her sports entertainer. Be, her, her spots have to be set up. Yep. You know, everything's got to be... Right in order for everything to work for her. She's a good pro wrestler. She's a poor sports entertainer. Her character work is just bleh. Because her personality, which you see on Total Divas, is very much bleh. So she tends to overact everything. And it makes nothing believable. So I really, I don't care what they do with Natty here. I just want to see him turn Charlotte heel. I'll say, so, so a recap on this match. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay the course here, but I'm going to... To show some real never say, never say die, never give up in Charlotte. I'm going to go with the, the pass out, the pass out gimmick. And I have Charlotte you, pummeling you just, Natty until the Charlotte referee disqualifies her. Yep. But in either case, we have Natty retaining this title and we're going to save. We're going to save that title change for, for the big rematch at Starcade inside the cage. So now I guess we've got the three big matches, the title matches here. Let's do the U.S. title first. 
Uh, I'm intrigued by your idea here of a triple threat. So, so give me the the creative idea that you have behind this triple threat match. Well, as we've seen coming in, you know, Ty got that big win last week over Corbin, and I was actually surprised that they they didn't make this move during that episode of SmackDown. And I've been checking every day, waiting for them. It's you know when they didn't do that, I was like, it seems like one of those things they're gonna they're gonna do on social media, which to me doesn't have any buzz. It's not that exciting. You need a live announcement of some sorts if you're gonna do something like this. So I have it going down on the pre-show, and it, it does make sense that he that Dillinger would would have a sound argument to why he should be included here. The main reason I've done it from a booking standpoint is I am not intrigued at all by Styles Corbin in a one-on-one bout. I know AJ can he can get a, a great entertaining match out of a broomstick, but I am just I am so beyond Baron Corbin anymore. I I'm, I'm pretty much just done with it. So I want to put Ty in here to talk to Andy, give us a more entertaining bout. Yeah, Corbin could come in, get get his his power spots and all that. I wouldn't mind seeing taking a breather quite a bit and letting Styles and Ty show us what kind of athletes they are. Really entertain us. I think when I have, we really get down to brass tacks here, I think we have very much the same match, but I just have it with AJ Styles and Corbin. I I have Dillinger also involved in this match, but not officially in the match. Well, I'll, I'll let you jump in here. I'll just close mine out here. I, in a triple threat setting, I'm going to give these guys 17 minutes. And AJ Styles is going to go over and retain. To me, I, as you were just talking about, he is your he's your top star. To me, he's your top champion. And I think now that we both have had Nakamura take the WWE title, we've got AJ here as your U.S. champ. You've got your two hands down best talents with with your tight with your gold maybe you said it and i just missed it who do you have styles going over in the match corbin or dillinger you know as what well, I, I just i just kind of bashed corbin because that's a personal preference but i know when we hand this over to vince he's gonna he's gonna want to keep uh corbin looking somewhat strong so just to keep the boss happy, I will have him I will have him pin Dillinger. It could I, go either way. It could go either way though. I I really had, I, to be honest with you, I didn't give it any thought. So I have this match going sixteen minutes, three and a half stars, and I have the title of this match called Can Corbin Be Carried to a Four Star Match Match? Much like everything else, he fails. It only ends up at three and a half stars. After a match full of rest holds and spots of AJ flying around the ring only to be smashed into oblivion from power moves from Corbin, Styles finally takes control. Styles gets Corbin set up for the Styles Clash. We all know something is about to go awry because we all know there's no way AJ Styles can get Baron Corbin up for the Styles Clash. As he extends his arms, Ty Dillinger's music hits. Dillinger makes his way down to the ring, kind of making it look like he's just here to kind of scout the match, see what's going on. 
Styles releases Corbin from the Clash, confronts Dillinger. Dillinger has just reached his breaking point, takes Styles out, rolls him into the ring, and walks away. Corbin, being the opportunist he is, picks up Styles, throws him into the ropes, gives him an end of days, but Styles somehow flips out of it, hits him with a Pele kick, pins Corbin to retain his title as Dillinger looks on from the ramp. Corbin is yet another disappointment. Styles and Dillinger is your program going forward. Dillinger turns heel. I could get down with that. Do you like that? I could definitely get down with that. In my in my scenario, I'm still holding out hope that like a Neville shows up on SmackDown eventually to feud with Styles through the remainder of the year. I, I I know you love the idea there, and I just keep on. I feel like I mention it every week. So I would I'm love just really, to see that match. I don't know if those two have ever crossed paths in a match that was recorded. If anybody out there listening happens to know of a Pac versus AJ Styles match, shoot me over that video. Not record, recorded, that might be a little different, but you would think those two have crossed paths somewhere out at like in, at Gorilla or somewhere along think, those lines. But I mean, God, I would love to see that match. If anybody's got video of that match, I would love to see that match because I bet you it's fantastic. With, and if I couldn't get Neville there... I would like for Bobby Roode to 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 show his true colors here very shortly. Maybe him and AJ feud. I'm looking forward to that year. feud when it happens. I mean, we not that you and I, I'm sure, have seen AJ Styles versus Bobby Roode a million times back in the old TNA days. But we have to remember that the TNA viewership is so small amongst even the hardcore fans that the casual fans on Tuesday Night SmackDown have never seen that match. Yeah, this this is the grandest stage that this could, you know, unfold on. We're so I, WWE, I, I understand. You're a, global, you're a global entity. Yep, I understand a lot of diehard fans being like, oh, I don't want to see that. But you got to consider it's new to 80% of the audience. Anyone that, quote unquote, diehard that says that, I think they... They might need to hand in their their fan card because those two have always worked incredibly well together. Yeah, but it's you one, and I both know, man, people will bitch just for the sake of bitching. It, it's one of those things that you could just watch over and over and over. You know, you could give me a, a Styles and Samoa Joe feud every year, and you ain't going to hear a peep from, from me. I don't know how we get there, but I would love to see Samoa Joe and Kurt Angle again. I would love to see those two go at it again. And you know Joe has enough respect for Kurt that he would take care of him in the ring. I have no problem with rehashing oh, yeah. old TNA stories. Because like I said, I when you consider that their viewership versus WWE's viewership, it's new to so many people here. I have no problem with them retelling a lot of these stories. As long as they don't retell the story of AJ Styles being the new Ric Flair because that was bad. That was that, bad. that that was bad, but let's. I'm sure you would take a retelling of that tale over AJ's illegitimate child. There is that. There is that. <laughs> Speaking of matches that we've seen a million times, Usos in New Day. Hell Ooh, in good, a good cell. transition. Good yeah, transition. You like that? I'm working on my. That just segues. happened. That just happened naturally. There. I'm working on my no segments. 
Yeah, yeah. nailed so it. So we got the tag cell match, correct? That's what we're doing. The jumping tag into. cell match. Um, I'll be honest here. I have this match going 19 minutes. I have it three and a quarter stars. I think this is going to be the match of the night. As far as the creative going into this match, let them go. Just tell them what Owens and McMahon are going to do. Say, don't do this, 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 or that in your match. And whatever they want to do, let them go. Brother, we're about on the, we are on the same page here again. I had this thing at 20 minutes, so we're right there in the same ballpark. I did have it earlier on my card. You have it going second to last, correct? Because Yep, because I just, just put the cell matches back-to-back. Back. I'm sure they're not going to do that, but that's how I would lay out the show. Well, the reason that I had them apart from one another, I've, I've, got, I've got this match going off fourth with the other cage match going in the main event spot at seven, so I have two matches in between there. My logic was... This is going to give. This is going to play to the advantage of the New Day and the Usos. But I feel when they when they stack those cell matches back to back, it really limits the one that they hold to lesser value. It's going to handcuff four amazing athletes here. But I am with you. I'm going to make sure that these agents that are working out this match with the talent, they get together. Whoever's booking this match with these gentlemen knows what's going on in the Shane KO match. So they don't duplicate anything, but to tell them, hey, if they're if they're not doing it, you guys put it together. Go out there, entertain us because this is likely going to be the match of the night. It is a little tiresome that we are seeing this over and over and over, and they just keep slapping gimmicks after gimmick after gimmick into this program. But that can't take away from four tremendous talents, and I think they're gonna they're really gonna surprise some people here. Who do you have going over in this match? I think I really think the better fit at this time. They are probably the best that they've ever been. I'm gonna have to give it to the Usos. So who do the Usos move into a new program with out of this match? Wow. Uh, from, you know, there's, man, there's some, I mean, there's just the tag division on SmackDown is so bad. They, they have the bodies there. They have the bodies. They have the talent. It's not like any real, it's not like they have the talent, but no one's really been built up to that star caliber that you think for a a serious title contender. Would you put the fashion police into that program? I see. I don't think. They are great. They are highly entertaining. They're one of the best parts of SmackDown. But what they've got going on right now. They have no in-ring credibility. Yeah. I don't, I don't take them as a serious threat to the champions. Gable and Benjamin? Personally, I'm, I'm still. That, that, I've yet to really catch on with those guys yet as a team. Well, I mean, they haven't been on TV for you to invest in them at all right and i don't know if it's still just a bad taste in my mouth of how they've handled the whole alpha situation I, you know it was just far too soon oh agreed. to give up on, on what they had there agreed and then and then just this feels so forced to kind of make up for that especially when you have jason jordan teaming with matt hardy and now you have chad gable teaming with shelton benjamin what the hell was the point of breaking up american alpha 
yeah, and it, that's one of those things that I wish they would just reshuffle the deck. Put well, it back we, we, kind of, we, we kind of made a mistake. Let's get them back together, you know. And just do a trade. Send Chad Gable over to Raw, and then have Gable and Jordan cross paths, and they can either feud for one abandoning the other, or get back together I, I, and turn I heel. Yeah, I wouldn't and, have him. I wouldn't have him feud. Maybe I'd set up something along the lines where. You know, Jordan really needs, you know, that might be a situation here because you you would need another top baby face on SmackDown. Maybe you bring Jordan back over at some point to, to make a save for Gable to get those guys back together. But, you know, they also need some t- some top teams on, on Raw. The, the tag divisions are really hurting right now. The tag divisions are in bad shape. And now it looks like they're going to keep Authors of Pain down in NXT – at least through Survivor Series. I thought they were going to be called up actually a couple weeks ago. But it looks like they're going to be down in NXT at least yeah, through be. TakeOver War Games. You know, they always could do the possibility of, of pulling double duty. Yeah, but it, it, I'm, if, I'm it, really even if they pull double really duty, I don't see them being advertised to pull double duty. I could see them coming out and fucking somebody up at the end of Survivor Series, but... Right. But now they're, they're such a intertwined part of what's going on at that at that big next takeover. I was really kind of hoping they were just keeping them off TV until Joe was ready to go put the three of them guys together. There's a faction that the Shield could feud with. Now, Joe and the you know, authors of pain? Hell yeah. Now, flipping that a little bit, I would kind of like to start seeing... New Day, I, I don't want a, a hard breakup. I don't want any harsh feelings. But I wouldn't mind seeing them each drift apart and go do some other things. What would you do with New Day if they if they did go their own ways? What do you see as the ceiling for everybody? Big well, I E, think, I think, is a potential world champion if they would just yeah. make him serious. And, and, you know, he goes back to that serious, that serious character – and he's got the look and the charisma that they're actually that they're gonna love. You know, they want him in that top spot there. Well, and he is a former NXT champion. People tend to forget that. Yeah, a great champion. You know, he had that five count gimmick going on down there, and that was hot. That, that was probably was some of his very best work. hot. Go back on the network and find those episodes of Big E when he was champ down there. If you'd want to see a badass Big E Langston. And for those that are listening that maybe not might not be familiar with his work down there and the five count rule. It was nothing new at the time when he was doing it, but it, it's one of those great, classic, traditional little gimmicks that they do. He proves that he is so dominant over his opponents that he just, it's not just three to get the victory. It's a five count, count and then five. he takes the win. A, a classic, a classic gimmick. He was dominant uh, down there. What, Kofi as well. Kofi as well, especially with a brand split. He could carry the top title. I necessarily don't see that happening, but he would be a I tremendous mid-card champion. Yeah, I would see Kofi more in that United States intercontinental kind of role. What would you do with Woods? 205 Live? Quite Woods possibly. and Enzo on the mic. I'd love to see that. You know, that show that show needs some serious star power, and he, and he brings that. And Woods All is things- way better in the ring than people think he is. Oh, he's incredible in the ring. I think that he's really opened a lot of people's eyes to that. When he gets in there, he brings it. 
And you have so much more with Woods. With his great personality, he's an amazing talker. He, he could probably go do some work at the booth. Ooh, I'd I've love to it. hear Woods on commentary. I've mentioned it a few other times with some with some different talent. Oh, I about bet you a, that's a, good. A, a social media ambassador? Well, yeah, because he's got, lines. with Up, Up, Down, Down, he's got his social media game on lock. Well, then you just get him out. I'm all, what kind of bothers me with, they do it a little bit, but I don't think they do it enough. To use that social media to, to really add an extra element to their events, to get the, uh, the live audience involved, you know, especially at live events, things of that nature, to, to make it more of a, a, an experience where you're involved with what's going on. I think he would be the, the perfect face for that. Yes and no. Uh, my, my issue with Woods and some of the stuff that he does on his social media platforms is he goes in and out of character a lot. And I know I'm one of these old school people who wants to bring back kayfabe. But here's the thing about kayfabe. It's not about what you do. It's about what you don't do. You need somebody just to act as a filter to say, you know, maybe Braun Strowman and Roman Reigns shouldn't take a picture together and post it on Instagram. Maybe that's just me. That stuff drives me nuts. But maybe I'm just old school in that respect well before we hand in our our booking ideas to vince here we'll write up another proposal for maybe a new new position within the company social media editor no no we'll call it uh, a director of common fucking sense i like that the director of common fucking sense yeah i wonder how i get that as a job title speaking of common fucking sense God, I hope we agree on this. Kevin Owens defeats Shane McMahon, Hell in a Cell. Common fucking sense, right? I have KO going over. I have this match going four stars. I think they're going to come up with just some incredible spots. What, What kind of time you giving them? However much time is left on the show. I mean, really, when I look back at the times on this show, I mean, I've got... Styles and Corbin, 16 minutes. Uso's New Day, 19 minutes. Eight minutes got, for Rude Ziggler, nine minutes. I, I've got this as a pretty short show. So, I mean, this would have to go probably 25 minutes at least. See, I've, I've, got, I've got it at 30 minutes. And when I allotted my time out, I left. I was going off the air 15 minutes early. For whatever reason, I always just kind of enjoy For talking the smack. Work. When we got off, I mean, the they, they always do talking early. smack after a pay per view. Yeah. So you get out so, 15 minutes early and you just fill it with talking smack. Well, and then I ended up, I have 30, 35 minutes for, for the filler, you know, entrances, uh, video we're packages. See, we're going to see video packages. They have uh, video believe, packages for every match. I watched them earlier this morning. Okay. So, yeah, I, I've got pretty much where. It all kind of fills in together there for formatting the show. Do you think Kevin Owens throws Shane McMahon off of the cage? McFoley style? Uh, hold on one moment here. Remember when I told you that there was a limousine that arrived at the arena? Oh, yeah, the big spoiler. Who's in the well, limo? Well, we've opened up our show with Nakamura taking the title. Crowd's hot. 
we're going to go back to the limo. Uh, the door, the limousine driver pops open the door, and it's, a, it's here to, to cheer on the family. Out steps Stephanie and Vince McMahon. The boss of bosses is is in the house for the for the event tonight. So you have three McMahons in the building. They are there. Now, Possibly just to during- be clear, just to be clear, this is all speculation. As far as I know, are or maybe you've heard different. Are Hunter and Stephanie even back in the country at this point? Last I knew, they were in India. I I thought they were back. Because I know Hunter did not make it to this set of NXT tapings. That's the first thought, time that Hunter hasn't been were, there. I thought they were just arriving back over the weekend. Okay. But if it is if it is a case if they are still gone or maybe they're just even taking a little personal time as they tend to do now and then. This is this is speculation, but I think we 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 both may have uh, some uh, other McMahon sightings here. Okay. Well, I have. Uh, in either case, Stephanie's not really important where I'm going here. Okay. Not vital to my storytelling. So if it's just the boss, if it's just Mr. McMahon, we're still going to get that pop right there. During the show, we're going to see them backstage. Maybe a little heart-to-heart, father-to-son with Shane. Kind of a touching McMahon family moment there. That, that, last little, that last little hype to pull at your heartstrings before this match. To be clear, is I, this actually Vince McMahon, or is it Bradley Cooper as Vince McMahon? If this is going to be Vince McMahon, but if you look closely... Just off camera, there's Mr. Cooper. He's just shadowing, studying for his role. Method acting. Method just acting. Just to get that, the essence, you know, of McMahon. But we had that nice moment. In the match itself, I know neither one of us are a big fan of gimmicking out a gimmick, but it is there. So they're going to have to go around that arena. They're going to have to put on a show. What, what kind of spots do you expect to see in this Falls County anywhere where they're going to take the action to? Oh, I expect them to go everywhere. Do you remember when they did the House of Horrors match between Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton and half of the match was pre-taped? That's what I would do with this match. I would have Kevin Owens dragging Shane McMahon all over Detroit. Cut scenes, throwing him into dumpsters, abandoned buildings, broken down car factories just exploit detroit now, as much as you possibly can falls count anywhere now see I, I wouldn't have them go to the streets i keep it inside because we still have to talk a little fashion files but i, I want to reserve because i'm going to have the fashion files running throughout the entire show and we'll i want to the them fashion out files after after the main event here because we all know I, that tyler breeze returning to television is the real main event of any show I want I want that to be reserved for Breeze and Fondaga. They're the ones that are going to be out on the streets. So I'm just going to keep it in the arena. But let's let's get some good fun spots. It's a classic, and it's always fun. You gotta you have to work in a concession stand spot. Well, they already teased the concession stand spot on SmackDown. So yeah, you gotta go back to that program. Who's going into the popcorn machine? Something along those lines, you know. And stay away from that damn merchandise table. That that botched powerbomb was just bad the other day. I don't know how many people have seen some of Kevin Steen's work when he was on the indies. Owens can take some punishment. Anything you can think of, including like 
hot popcorn oil. I could see that coming into this match. Burning. There's a. I expect color in this match, don't you? I expect it from both competitors. Yeah, I, I I think they both have to bleed for this to be believable. After after what happened to Vince, I think both men have to bleed. I think both men are going to be a bloody mess by the end of this match. Well, I, I have this match. You know, they're going to go out. They're going to have a little fun throughout the arena. They're going to make their way back to the ring, back to the cell. They're going to get. They're going to end up on top of this thing. They're always popular. Scale the cage up on top. The the thrills of what anything can happen up there. And at this point, Kevin, maybe you have some weapons hidden up there. KO is going to begin to just brutalize Shane. It's going to be bad. You're, you're talking color. This is when it just it flows. It's it's going to be bad. Who comes down the ramp? Who's on his way down? It's Sami Zayn. He's coming in. He's oh, seen no. enough. It, He's seen enough. KO has finally gone too far. Oh, no. Zane. Zane scales the cage. He's coming to make the save. Oh, no. Oh, shit. Sammy Zane turns. Oh, no. He, be- he begins assisting his former best friend. Oh, and they no. continue, continue to brutalize Sammy, or to brutalize Shane. Oh, no. It's getting, it's getting bad. It's getting bad. Now, here's our big pop. Are you ready? I'm ready. Holy, holy shit. Here comes Vince. The old man comes down. He's scaling the cage. He's going up there to, to even the odds to save his son's life. But, oh, shit. What's this? Vince tosses Shane off the fucking cage. He'll turn. Vince tosses Shane off the cage. He is standing there tall with Sammy and Kevin Owens. Kevin eventually makes his way down from the top and gets the pin on Shane through the shattered announce table. Fantastic. Fantastic. I like it. I can go with that. I also what have you, a big cameo in my match. I see the match going very, very much the same way that you did. Concession spots, fighting through the crowd, all sorts of weapons. But there was one line in this entire program that really stood out to me. And I said it at the time when Kevin Owens was dealing with Shane the first time. I respect authority. I think this is where Hunter comes back. And this builds until you get Hunter versus Shane at WrestleMania for control of SmackDown. I think that's where this match is going. I don't think Kevin Owens is relevant in this program at all. I think he's just a pawn to get to Hunter and Shane. And it's going to be Hunter laying Shane out so that Owens can once again take the pin, just like he won the Universal title. That's how I think this match is going down. I actually had everything that I described to you involving Vince. My original plan had Triple H slotted into that spot. Last minute, last minute, I figured it would just be a little more shocking and hit home if it was was his own actual father. I would love to see your version go down because I want to see Vince McMahon scale the hell in a cell. I would pay 999 yen for that. And you know his ego. 
I can love, do it, damn it. He would love to be standing up on top of that damn thing. I'm going to climb the cage. And it just, you imagine, it, the, just the, the visual of him, the camera zooming in to close out that show of him standing up, just looking down on a destroyed, destroyed Shane McMahon. And my reasoning behind Vince there, too, is we, we go back to when Vince and KO had their confrontation. You know, he was, he, Vince was upset and disappointed that Shane didn't go far enough. He didn't show that ruthless aggression. Vince respects Owens for finishing the goddamn job. I like it. I could get on board with that. I could definitely get on board with that. And then with your save, if we go the Triple H route, then we could also tie in because Kevin Owens is advertised for the October 16th Raw. Yep. He could show up as a guest of Stephanie and Triple H. You can also begin, since we are starting our build to WrestleMania, we can, let's not pretend it isn't going to happen, but we can reintroduce, because it is eventually going to happen, we can reintroduce Triple H and Stephanie on a limited basis to programming to start building things up. Well, the other thing you could do is you could just plain have Shane come out on SmackDown Tuesday and be like, you know what? Fuck this. Kevin Owens, you're fired. Get the fuck off my TV. I think there's some more drama there. And Owens ends up on Raw. I mean, I could that, easily see it going that way, too. You see, I, I would have Sammy and KO show up on that Raw as invited guests. And you get this little conflict going where you can start with some more turmoil and heat building between Stephanie Trips against Shane and vice versa by... Well, those, those are still contracted SmackDown talents. They can't be on your show. But, oh, you know, hey, no, no, they're our special guest here. Which program would you rather see? Would you rather see Hunter versus Shane at WrestleMania? Or would you rather see Hunter versus Angle at WrestleMania? Man, that's a tough one. That is a tough one. That is a tough one. I think I'm going to go with Hunter and Shane. Man. I can think we, that's can a we bigger some, draw. Can we somehow intertwine all this shit together? And somehow get Angle involved in this program? There's got to well, be you, a way. Well, here we go. You have you have Triple H and Stephanie reemerge on Raw, and they are Angle's boss. Yep. But he's Stephanie never, he's is never, still the commissioner of Monday Night but, Raw. But he's never really had to deal with her, interact with her, that we've really seen visually, because she's been MIA since WrestleMania. So there could be a building friction there between those two. Maybe your, maybe your end story here is Trips and Steph, they want KO and Sammy back on Raw. Shane's playing hardball. He doesn't want to release their contracts. He doesn't want to deal. It is no... It's maybe maybe secret. maybe you do the Jim Cornette storyline that they did with Owens and Ring of Honor, and maybe Shane comes out and just says, "You know what, Owens, go home. You're not going to be on SmackDown, but I'm not going to release you so you can go to Monday Night Raw. You just take your ass home, and you don't I, I, see I, Kevin I, Owens for months." I I love that there. I'd love to see that. Well, we're kind of twisting what I what I was saying here then. Then we do get this huge breaking deal 
Because, you know, there's that rumor out there, and it doesn't seem like it's a big surprise that Daniel Bryan isn't really happy with the, being the, in his general manager role. He wants more. You know, he goes out there and does a great job, but you get that sense it's something that he's not really into. Well, we eventually, Shane agrees to release the contracts in exchange for Kurt Angle to join SmackDown as their new general manager. Ooh, I like that, too. Because you got to think back to all the great work that Kurt Angle did in WWE. You you associate that with the SmackDown the six. blue brand, yeah. the SmackDown Six, absolutely. Then you have a real shakeup in things here. I like it. No matter how you get there, I like the entire program. And on top of it, Angle brings his son back with him, and we got an Alpha reunion. Then we we are bringing it all together here. Everything comes full circle. Everything comes full circle. So that's how we would write the show. Well, well, we're forgetting something very important here, man. What are we forgetting? Did I forget a match? No, not a match. Oh, the fashion files. The fashion files. A series of moments. I can't believe you were almost going to try to slide out of here. Well, I'm just, I'm looking at the clock and I was like, man, you know, we normally when we record these, they're only about an hour. I think we're only about that, right? Well, I think we're probably about an hour and a half, but whatever. Well, you know, hey, this has been some good listening. There's it's good some, stuff, Good man. conversation, good conversation, which is going to translate to some good listening out there. I'm just watching Fashion. Iowa beat the shit out of Illinois, so. Fashion Files. As I stated, I am going to run run this throughout the show. I'm going to give them little vignettes here and there, but I'm going to, uh, I'm going to slate, they're going to get, a full 20 minutes throughout the show to, to entertain us with, with their unique brand here. The final deletion, but done with the fashion files. As I said, I want them out on the streets of, of Detroit. Some great characters up there on the streets of Detroit. It's only about two hours away from me. I shoot up there quite often. It's, uh, it, it's, pretty, it's pretty interesting what you see. It's pretty wild. Detroit's a very, very interesting town. I, I witnessed sure. my first actual, man, it was, uh, man, I was, like, you're going to NXT shortly here. I was sitting second row, second row seats for a, an actual gang street fight. Where was that at? At the Joe? Uh, we, were, we were right in the heart of downtown, right on, actually, we were right on the, the river there. Um, you throw a rock and hit Canada. I was up there for a convention. It was a restaurant vendors, restaurant vendors convention. So there's a bunch of and if, if any of those out there don't really, aren't really familiar with that industry, I am in my mid 30s. I'm one of the youngest that were there. It is, it is an old, stuffy, Caucasian male dominated industry. Old fat white guys. So we all go out after after the show, you know, dinner and drinks. The sun is set at this point. We're all kind of we're a couple blocks away from the hotel, and so a lot of stuff. I'm I'm with a bunch of old, fat white guys, and we've got our suits and ties on, and we're strolling through downtown Detroit or the entertainment district by the the arenas and the stadiums there, I guess. And you've probably got thirty or so late teen, early twenty African American males. Just going at it in the middle of the street. Oh man! So our white ass is stopping. We're kind of we're rooting it on. We're cheering. We're hooting and hollering. You became spectators. 
Yeah. You marked out. It, the, 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 good, the best part about it is that they weren't using any, there was no gunplay, knives or things like that. You know, there was some, some crowbars and baseball bats. But, oh, yeah, it was right there. It was probably 10 feet away from me. It was pretty entertaining. I live in Iowa. I don't have to deal with that shit. You just have baseball fields in the middle of cornfields. Yep. If you build it, they will come. Well, they only come for a little while, and then you have to file for bankruptcy. But that's another story. So what do you got my boy Tyler Breeze up to on this show? I don't want to dive too much into their creative vision because it's their baby. I kind of let them go at it. Have a little fun. My biggest thing here, I think it is time for the big reveal. Who is who is taking issue with uh, Breeze and Fandango? And I, I kind of want an obvious route, but sometimes obvious is good. It's it's what the fans want, and I believe the fans want to see these talents return to a program, to return to SmackDown Live Television. I'm going to reveal to be Harper and Rowan, but I, I want a new look out of them. I want a, a much more sinister look. I want them to go with that full like Reapers theme that they teased a year or so ago you know at first when you said the big return and people that we want to see return i thought you were going to say the colognes i just don't think there's any big pop in that and maybe here it's not so much rowan but i think people really did kind of like some of that character work that he had but people really want harper back in that ring they want him in a high profile spot i would bring back the colognes in this program but with a little bit of a twist, they would be coming with Carlito. Now, if people would get behind that. You, you might get some more support from our listeners with the return of Carlito, but I I'm going to say I would use this opportunity to bring Carlito back. I think it's been long overdue that Carlito find his way back to the WWE. So, yours is more about bringing back the, that star power in Carlito. Obviously, aligning him with his family. Yep, I think that's the only way that that you're ever going to get the colognes over. I was going to say that you know they they most certainly need some sort of rub along those lines to get to get them going. And then you also have another legit set of challengers for the tag team division, because Carlito would immediately legitimize the colognes. All this other crap that they've done, Los Matadores and the tourist agency and all that shit all goes see, out the I, window as I, soon as you bring I him in liked, with Carlito. I, I was always surprised that never got over. I liked the... I uh, thought it was a great gimmick. The, the shyster, the shyster. Come to Puerto Rico. I thought yeah, I that thought was, great. was great. <sighs> yeah, Finical. I, I was really surprised that that, that, didn't, that that really didn't get over. I would That's why I would have gone to some more, like, crowd in, involvement. I wouldn't... Just... Instead of just doing the vacation packages... I would have had them out in front of the arenas before shows, passing out like, flyers. Not even that. I would have them like outside the outside the arena doors, selling, like, I wouldn't maybe go as far as fake tickets, but maybe like shitty merchandise, like knockoff. I can just imagine what Tyler Breeze and Fondango would have to say about Carlito's hair, and the Hawaiian shirts that he wears. And then you got this and then you got you got those three. We got a program eventually, possibly with the new day down the line. I think that could be that could be some fun antics back and forth. I think it'd be good. 
I think it'd be good. But it all hinges on bringing Carlito back. And I've heard talks about that for years that he was going to return, and it just never seems to materialize. Well, I, always, I always thought he was a great talent that never got the push that he deserved. He was there in one of those, you know, it was a situation of they had a ton of talent on that roster. He just kind of got lost in that shuffle. Yep. Yep. I think he would be great on this kind of modern day roster, too. I think he could fill Carlito into a a heel Jericho kind of role real easy. All right. If we can get him on the dotted line, we'll go with yours there. Sign him, damn it. Keep mine for, for the backup plan. As I also was thinking about it, you've got the two most fashionable, stylish guys in Breeze and Fondango. And I was thinking in my head, who is the the exact opposite? Who is the least fashionable pair? And you have to admit, though, that's probably going to be Harper and Rowan. Probably. Probably. Since Enzo was still out of their jurisdiction, Harper and Rowan would probably fit the bill. Anything else that you got on the show? I think we covered it all, my friend. All right. We well, that's how we would write the show. Uh, let's let's give people our actual predictions, not necessarily breakdowns or anything, but who we actually expect the writers to put over. I have the writers putting over Gable and Benjamin, Nakamura, Rusev, Natalia, Rude, Styles, New Day, and Shane McMahon. I think they're actually going to put Shane McMahon over in this match. I, I was just going to ask you here. I was just going to ask you before I give you my side here. I, I want to dive into who you think they're going to put over in that in that Shane KO match. I know you, you said we're not really going to break down everything, but I want to hear your thoughts behind this one. Like, what do you think their logic is going to be? Shane McMahon is a special attraction, right? Would you agree with that? Uh, uh, most certainly. In they see, in, well, at least. Vince, he's great value in it, thinks that he can that he pulls in the viewers and he's a draw. When's the last time Shane won a match? I was just gonna I was just gonna bring that up. In order he, to keep Shane as a special attraction, every once in a while, he's gotta come out on top. Somehow, some way, he has to come out on top. The last time Shane McMahon was on the winning side of the bell was Survivor Series last year. He hasn't won a match it, in a year. Right. He was on the winning team, but he did not survive that match. Right. But he was he was on the winning side of the bell. Right. I think Shane might have to go over if they want to keep using Shane as a special attraction. I'm all for the Shane McMahon retirement. I never want to see him in the ring again. I'm done with Shane McMahon. If you want to use him as a babyface authority figure for a while, fine. But I don't need to see Shane in the ring anymore. But if you're, not, if you're, you're gonna not do it, he's gotta win once in a while. Right. And you know, that's your personal preference, but you're no fool. You know he's there. And if you were working for the company, I think you gotta put Shane you, over. You have to book him. Do you see what's the shenanigans that you see him putting in there? You know we're gonna get some kind of twist. I think it's gonna be Hunter, and I think it leads to Hunter and Owens. So you I think it's gonna lead to Hunter and okay. Owens. Okay. So you, you I That's think I think I think point. Stephanie has convinced Hunter that Hunter has to stick up for the family. And so you have this story of Victor Frankenstein and Frankenstein's monster which Owens being the monster and finally the creator has to put him down. 
I'm actually getting that that visual in my mind. You know, you have something hot going on in that match, and here comes Triple H, and, and everybody kinda, expects it, him to go after Shane. And and Owens kind of himself gets that 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 weird smirk smile on his face, and he almost wants to reach out and embrace Triple H that he's come to to help him again and put him over as his guy, just like he did with the Universal Title match. And then boom, and then Hunter puts him down. Shane wins the match. I can see it. I can see it there. The WWE loves going back and telling old Shakespearean tales. I think it's time that you get Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. And I think that's where this match goes. Okay. Uh, for, for my, what I believe they will actually do, I'm going to go different, a little different here on the first one. I'm not exactly sure how they're going to pull this off, but and how to keep Nakamura relevant, but I don't think they even understand or care. I think they're going to give gender to win here. No! I, I know. And that's going gonna, gonna to upset a lot of people. It's going to be a huge downer in the, in the show. But I, I, that's where I see them going. Oh, my God, if that happens. Oh. I actually, I actually believe what, as I chose myself, though, but I actually believe what they will do. I think we're going to get a no contest out of Rusev and Orton. I think, as you were saying, there's still this program has legs still. They're going to keep it going. I have Rude going over Ziggler. I think they're going to keep the tag titles on the New Day. They love moving that merch. They love the act. I have, or not what I have here. I'm just looking at my notes, but I think they're going to keep the, the women's title on Natty. I think Baron Corbin walks out as the United States champ, which is going to be a huge mistake. And then I have, I have that they have KO going over. Any other comments since you want to make on Hell in a Cell before the big show tomorrow? Well, what, how about a little a cheap plug here? Since we were just giving you our picks on what we believe that WWE is going to do of you want to get on a, a fun interactive game let everyone know what you believe the direction that wwe is going to take jump on facebook head on over to the wrestle zone discussion group we have our wrestle zone discussion group wwe pick em challenge going on you'll be able to find a thread it's located near the the top of the group the rules are are very simple every match is laid out for you you pick the winner and then you apply confidence points to each match Pretty much what you're doing is ranking how confident you are in your selection for the Hell in a Cell event. There are eight matches. So you're going to rank them down from eight to one, eight being most confident, one being the least. We keep running totals each year. We've got little side championship matches that we run throughout the, throughout the year between the participants that, that are going on over there. It's a lot of fun, so if you want to jump in on that, head on over to the WrestleZone discussion group right there on Facebook. So that's it for this Around the Pool edition of Hitting the Marks. Be sure that you follow the show on Twitter at HTMPWPod. Find us on Facebook at Hitting the Marks. Shoot us an email at hittingthemarks at gmail.com. Let us know what you think of our show rundowns as well as your own predictions for the show. You can find Rick over in the WZ discussion group for the Pick'em Challenge and participate in Acer's live thread for the show. That's always fun. You can find me across all social media platforms at NotJargo. Rick. How do the stalkers find you? 
Well, you can catch me over on Twitter at the Real RBV. As you said, always over in the uh, WrestleZone discussion group on Facebook. And if you're looking for me in about uh, hour hour fifteen, I will be at i Fives Bar and Grill right here in beautiful Huron, Ohio, sitting on Lake Erie, and I will be cracking a few ice cold bush lights and probably throwing back a few fireballs and some other assorted, assorted bourbons. All right, everyone. We'll talk to you Thursday and give you all of our thoughts about Hell in a Cell, Raw, SmackDown. And don't forget about New Japan's King of Pro Wrestling this Monday morning. We'll talk to you Thursday, peeps, freaks, and geeks. For now, we're off like a prom dress. See ya.